Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Working all day in the sun. Big boss man got a big shotgun. Don't so take my shovel. Gonna cut off on my big toe. If I can't walk, I won't have to work no more. All right, uh, welcome to the show, we hope, uh, here on uh, the uh, After Hours uh, edition of the program here on Believe Podcast Networks. Jeff DeForest, Mike Luby Lubitz. It's After Hours with Defoe and Luby, and we welcome to the program uh, here. And I did feel like cutting off my big toe after seeing Tom Brady throw his 700th career <laughs> touchdown pass at the expense of the Buffalo Bills getting three and uh, losing to a team that had the opening possession in overtime after they had tied up the game. Uh, I guess uh, this gentleman, uh, as much as anybody could appreciate this, uh, I'm screaming at the screen, Norwood, Norwood, (laughs) as Buffalo's going for that game-tying field goal because I can't lose if it doesn't go to overtime. But uh, we welcome to uh, After Hours on this fine Monday edition of the program one of our favorites, and he has a book on. It's going to be fantastic because there's no better NFL storyteller uh, that we've come across in our many years of covering the league uh, than the great Mike Westoff. Of course, uh, you guys remember um, he, he starred. I mean, he stole the show there, the uh, the Emmy from uh, Rex Ryan on the Hard Knocks episode on the New York Jets. Longtime coach <laughs> of special teams with the Dolphins and the New York Jets. Uh, went to a Super Bowl there uh, with the New Orleans Saints. Uh, the great Mike Westoff joins us here on the program. Michael, how are you, my friend? I'm great, Jeff. How are you doing? You guys are now you're, you're you're broadcasting everywhere. I think it's great. I'm happy for you. We're trying. <laughs> yeah, they, they can see us now on our uh, daily show there on Ion Channel, which uh, has uh, brought a mixed bag of results, mostly unfavorable. Uh, but, uh, but it is uh, it is a lot of fun. I mean, uh, we're in the game longer than George Blanda, which uh, you can appreciate because uh, you were around the NFL for so long. Uh, all right, uh, Luby tells me that the book, which I, I can't wait uh, with, with wild anticipation because uh, uh, the way that you relate all of these great stories and all of your personal experiences in the NFL. Uh, I understand it's ready pretty much. I mean, uh, as close yeah. to going to press as you could imagine. That was pretty quick, well, Michael. You'd made a, we're, we're pretty, must have had a good agent pretty, on that. Uh, no, I have an agent. It was, I'm the agent. You're talking to the agent. Uh, <laughs> nice. <laughs> I did it. No, it was, I'm really proud of it. Um, it. It should be, you know, the final publishing uh, mechanisms that go into things are, are somewhat complex. The book's all written. It's been edited. Uh, getting pictures uh, squared away as to how to get pictures in the book is a real legal process because, you know, everything has to be documented. Yeah. And so I, I only use pictures from the New York Jets, the Miami Dolphins, and the New Orleans Saints. And then, but yet it all has to go through a certain protocol. And that takes time. It just took time. But everything is done now. They've got it all together. And I'm hoping. I really was shooting for Christmas, but that's not going to happen. So, you know, maybe there, there's a good chance with February or so. And, and so uh, I'm looking forward to it. We did a lot of interviews, and I think that's my favorite part. Um, 
I wrote it. I wrote every word. And there was a gentleman that, uh, that, that helped me. He's a writer from New York. And then he conducted the interviews for me. Uh, I, I set them up and he would conduct them. And then, so you're listening to me talk about what happened. And then, and then right, right. The next time you're hearing OJ McDuffie describe how it happened. And I, and that really was fun for me. And as I actually, with some of the interviews, when I, when I read it was the first time I had heard what they said. And and that really was, was was very rewarding to me. And, uh, and I think we'll give people a really honest perspective. Now it's uh, I don't know, you you might call it X rated because I let them know, you, you you write it as you said it and lived it. I don't care. Nice. So that's how we so that's how we printed it, and um, I, I think people will enjoy it. It's a good sports story, and it's going to be called Figure It Out, and it's about guys that came out of nowhere, myself very much included, that no one really knew about, and all of a sudden they had a dramatic impact. And as you well know, the way that special teams have changed in the National Football League, you know, it, it's kind of disappeared. It was a little bit evident last night. Chicago Bears ran that big punt return, but yeah, you don't see that stuff anymore. And um, and we did it. So I love what I was able to accomplish, and uh, and I think people will very much enjoy it. The great Mike Westoff with us here on After Hours with Defoe and Luby. Jeff DeForest, Mike Luby Lubitz on the Believe Podcast Network. Uh, I, I was hoping you weren't out night fishing for sharks there uh, off the coast of uh, Naples on the West coast over there uh, when Jakeem Grant ran that punt back. Cause I, I was afraid you might've fallen out of the boat. That, that, that was the first punt return for a touchdown this year in wow. the national football league. Yeah, and that's the one place where you are seeing at least some returns of kicks. Uh, you just don't see it. The, the way the games change so dramatically. Um, I I've done a number of interviews with people as to reasons why, and there's a lot of complexities to it, but it just, the, the rules have dramatic, dramatically changed things. You don't have the number of plays, most kickoffs result in touchbacks. Consequently, the ball starts at the 25 with the rules that affect the offense in a particular way. It doesn't take much for a good offensive team or even not so good to move up to the 50 yard line. You know, so therefore you eliminate a number of punt plays. So at the end of the day, you just don't have as many special teams plays and the way things are today, they're so different than what I, you know, for me, I, I did it completely by accident starting in 1982 with the Baltimore Colts. I, I was, I was coaching tight ends. I was a strength coach and I had all kinds of jobs. None of them I did very well, frankly. And all of a sudden I, I got the special teams. Well, what was this? And I just started to delve into it. I inherited a notebook that should have come with crayons. That's how terrible it was. <laughs> so here, here, so I, had to, I had to get a philosophy and I did. I, and I described this in the book, how I came up and, got started and then went down to Miami with coach Shula and how it further developed that, but it was a perfect scenario because like a lot of people in any business, I was in the exact right place at the exact right time because there was no creativity, zero. Also, there was no regulation. You could do anything you wanted to. So I did everything. And as I was at the celebration of life for coach Shula a month or so ago, and I was with Roger Goodell and there were some people we were talking, you were talking about me and he, he was, he was teasing me. And he said, you know, Mike, you have no room to complain about the rule changes. He said, cause we <laughs> made most of them because of you. <laughs> and it was really, I was extremely complimentary. Matter of fact, I put it on my book. I put it on the back cover. And he, he said, he said, we, he said, we referred to him, meaning me 
as the mad scientist. And he said, he told this group, he said, believe me when I'm telling you, he said, Mike Westhoff changed the game in the National Football League. I'm extremely proud of that. Uh, I used to love it. I mean, uh, in a kind of friendlier time uh, for uh, teams and uh, coaches and the media, uh, you guys used to have us come into your office there and uh, demonstrate certain things. And uh, Luby, uh, I remember in a, like a 15 minute span, I was in Mike's office. Three other special teams coaches called him for advice <laughs> <laughs> uh, as to how, how to, uh, you know, uh, you know, try and dissect certain things and uh, go against uh, certain conditions that might happen on special teams. So Ooh. you definitely were uh, the guru uh, on that front. Uh, we, we were talking Ooh. earlier on our uh, Ion Channel show uh, about uh, Urban Meyer and uh, how college coaches, you would think. Uh, would be much more accountable uh, for their actions and uh, the way they uh, run their organizations than pro coaches would be, where you're dealing with uh, grown men and they're all making a lot of money and it's a whole different scene there. But uh, it, it seems like, uh, finally, Urban Meyer is under some scrutiny. And I, I don't know. I mean, uh, do you see this guy lasting past this year in the National Football League? Uh, he he's, seems to have aggravated virtually everybody except the owner, who probably is uh, taking a look as much money as you have, you, you don't necessarily want to spend like $50 million on a guy to go away after one season. But uh, yeah, what, what do you think about what's happened here in Jacksonville? Because it, it does seem to be bizarre. I heard from – I have a, I have a number of, of friends, people that I know that, that, that work there. And the thing that I have heard behind the scenes a little bit is that he can be – I don't know the right word to use, especially on the air – uh, Asshole would work. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. But no, it's not. He just he can be very, very tough and very gruff with people. He's very abrupt. He can be. Uh, yes, he just puts people get they get fed up with the way he talks to them, and I think that's manifested itself a little bit into the players. Yep. And sometimes you don't have to be, you know, you don't have to be the nicest guy in the world. You know, I certainly was not by any manner of means. But at the same time, these are grown men. And you have to you have to treat them with a the realm of respect. I mean, I had I had a sign in my office. I had all these little signs I used to use, and I had one that always reminded me. It had you know, put some space between your anger and your intellect. You <laughs> wanted to just know how far because because everything is scrutinized, everything is filmed, and everything is criticized. But there's a big difference, you know, between just make sure you have some, an element of respect as you criticize. And I'm not quite so sure that he understands this whole aspect and how he talks and treats people. And so it'll be interesting. Plus the fact that, you know, he, he's been, he was, he, he went to some great schools. You know, he started at, at uh, Bowling Green and did a nice job, went out to Utah, did fine. And he went to Florida and of course, Ohio state. Well, you have to really, you, it's hard to screw up those two places. And he did a, <laughs> he did an excellent job. But you know, this is a this game they play on Sunday is not the one they play on Saturday. You know, everybody's good. Every player is good. And what you have to do is find a way, like Bill Belichick can figure out what works for your group of guys. That's what you have to know. I'm not convinced he knows that at all. I'm not. I'm really not. So we'll see if he get if he learns to if he learns to live through that, then then, then he can be fine. If he doesn't, uh, then he'll be in trouble. We're talking about Coach and Michael. I never – I'll throw one other one in. Okay. I never yeah. in my, my 32 years, my 657 games, I never heard of a coach not getting on the airplane and coming back with the team. <laughs> yeah. I don't care. Sure, Sandy, you he threw in a twerking a incident. In the <laughs> yeah, like in the middle of all of it. 
<laughs> yeah, you, you, you know, that's, that's ridiculous. Man, I never heard a saying, and, and I'm not talking about, I've, I've known lots of people that aren't saints, and we're all included, myself included. But at the same time, come on, guys. That's, that, that's not the way you do business. That's just not. That would really have upset me if I was on that plane and I thought, well, hey, can you imagine Don Shula not coming back with a team? I mean, come on. This stuff's ridiculous. So I didn't like that one. I didn't like that at all. That, that made me mad, and I don't even know the guy. Well, the one that's interesting <laughs> to me, Coach, and it's the thing I, I want to ask you because you've been in the locker rooms, and it's funny, you were always – "Quote unquote special teams," but you always had the associate or assistant head coach title because you were always well respected throughout the league wherever you went. I understand, like you just said, we we saw you in Hard Knocks. You were tough, and Rex Ryan was tough, and we know we've heard what Shula in his heyday was. I've never heard of coaches demeaning his own assistants in the way that we've heard recently, where he's literally no. yelling at them, saying, "Well." What can you do better? It's like, dude, you're the head coach. <laughs> like, why are you asking me? <laughs> like, I, I don't, like, that's confusing to me, coach. I mean, is that, does that happen a lot where a head coach just like. It, does, it doesn't work. I've okay. seen lots of anger. I've seen coaches get upset. You know, Don Shula could get upset. He was a tough guy. But there was always a realm of respect. Yeah. And he knew how, he just understood. Everybody knows. I mean, uh, Sean Payton is, uh, can raise a lot of hell down there. But he's a good man. He's a good coach. You work with him. You understand, you know, where it comes from. I, I, I heard him with other coaches and he'd be upset, but at the same time, it never crossed the line. It never went to, to where I would sit there and say, ah, you shouldn't have done that. Or, you know, never, never, ever, ever. No, no, that's not the way you do business. And this guy, I don't, I mean, I don't know enough because I haven't seen him, but I, yeah. I hear the rumors and he's going to have to get it straightened out. Willie, I think you're either going to have to, or, or you're going to be in big trouble. And uh, so that's just not, I know one thing I was proud of when I went back and I looked at the interviews, what the guy said about me, almost every single guy said, you know, he's not for everybody. They say he's tough. Mike's hard to play for, but they all knew that I respected them. I cared about them. And at the end of the day, they basically all said, but at the end of it, and we looked back and we looked it over. It was the best time we ever had. It was the best we ever did. That's to me, what, what being, what, what trying to be a coach is all about. Now I wasn't a head coach and and I got into that very, pretty good in the book, but yet I, I, I just believed in how I treated people and uh, yeah, I could be tough as hell, but at the same time, all I did was I set a bar for each individual person at a, at a spot that I didn't think they believed they could get to, but I knew they could. That was my goal. That's all there was Mike to it. Was here. Yes. Uh, you sorry, Mike, a uh, long-time assistant coach uh, in the National Football League, and uh, it'll be interesting to see your thoughts because uh, I've heard some of them uh, <laughs> uh, about uh, the head coaching chase, and when you see some of the bozoic people that have been put in place that seem to be completely miscast, as uh, maybe Urban Meyer does uh, seem to be uh, with the Jacksonville Jaguars, it's amazing to see some of the guys that got a shot while so many of your experience and level of expertise uh, you know, never really – uh, got that chance. Uh, all right. Uh, does it hurt you, uh, Mike? And uh, you spent, seems like, I don't know, how many years was it with the Jets? Because uh, what was it, an equal number of years, 12. Dolphins and Jets, during your Almost. career? 12. Almost. 12. 12 years. 12. Okay. Uh, does it hurt you to see the Jets be a completely bozoic organization, uh, unable to get out of their own way uh, again? And uh, is there something inherently wrong uh, that you see inside the organization that has kept them floundering for, for this long a period of time where they don't seem to be getting any better. Uh, the Robert Sala hire was very popular. He may well need some time to 
implement whatever it is he's going to implement. But in the meantime, it looks like a lost cause. Does that bother you after 12 years in the Jets organization? Yeah, and is there really, anything really that you can does. point to as to why it, they it still stink? It absolutely does. When I was there, we were actually a pretty good football team. We were in the playoffs, uh, what, 50, almost 50, 60%. You know, my, my first 10 years, we were, we were really pretty good. Went to two AFC championship games. You know, my first, let's see, the first five, I was in three times. Then twice after that, then twice with Rex Ryan. So, you know, I, I had a, a lot of roles in the playoffs, and we were a good football team. Now, we decided that we would go in a different direction. You know, we were, uh, we were a type of team. Uh, we had a very good defense. Rex was coaching that. You know, I, I had an all-star team on special teams, and we were a tough, hard-nosed running team. We led the National Football League in rushing. We had LaDamian Tomlinson. We had an excellent offensive line. We made Mark Sanchez work for us. Mark's a great kid, but he's a manageable quarterback. He's not Tom Brady. Well, all of a sudden, Mike Tannenbaum decided we were going to become the New England Patriots. Well, thanks, Mike. And uh, it didn't work too well. Uh, it just didn't work. He said, I don't care what you say. And that was the beginning, and it started to go. Then after they made some big changes, they brought in some personnel and general managers, and they just kept them going. With, with no, there was, seemed like no vision. So they got way behind the eight ball. Now, the guy that's there now, I see some positive things. Um, you know, I, I knew he did a nice job in San Francisco, but to tell you the truth, you know, I, I never I never looked at this guy like Buddy Ryan or somebody. I, I know they were okay, but I, it's in, so that they, they got so far behind the eight ball, it's going to take them a while to get out. Um, but in the National Football League, one thing you learn for sure, the trip up, and the trip down can both be extremely rapid if you handle them, if you if you do it in a particular fashion. Whether it's positive or negatively, it can go quickly. So you can build pretty good in the National Football League. I mean, a year ago, a year ago, you, you, the New England Patriots couldn't beat anybody. They looked like they were terrible. Now, they're arguably the best team in the AFC. You know, Bill Belichick knows how to do things. He knows how to put it together. He figures it out. And that's what he did. I mean, he figured out that, you know, Cam Newton's not his kind of guy. So they, they go and they, you know, they kid from Alabama. You know, of course, so that, yeah, he only won a national championship. So we're not talking about a guy that doesn't know how to play the game. And then he becomes, you know, he gets his defense built back up and they run the ball. People forget when Tom Brady first became the quarterback in the New England Patriots, they won because they were outstanding on defense. That's where they really won. Then they became the great offensive team with Tom Brady and all the different guys that did so well. So, you know, to me with the Jets, it's really a shame because I loved it. I loved New York. I loved living there. I loved the fans. It was, I had a ball there every day. I loved going to work. It was one of my favorite times in my entire life to do anything. I mean, I used to love to go in the city. You know, I used to, I remember, I'll tell you a real quick story. I was standing in front of Penn station one time in a cold wintry night, Gonna with my girlfriend, gonna get a taxi to go to dinner. I was waiting for a cab. And he's, it was a Friday night, and these guys came by. They were like 30, 40 guys, they had 40 years old. They had been out after work having a few drinks, and they recognized me. And they were talking, they said, hey, that's Mike Westoff. And they were, they came over and they were saying hi. And I had a big top coat on, it was freezing. And the guy said to me, uh, Coach, what, what are you doing waiting in line? I said, Well, I'm waiting for a taxi to go to dinner. And they said, Well, why aren't you in a limo? I said, come on, man. I work for the Jets. I said, the Giants ride around in limos. <laughs> uh, no, I was, their, I was their best friend now. I was their best buddy. 
Because, you know, here I was one of them. That's how I felt. I loved it. And it was really fun. The play people were great. You know, we were pretty good. We were knocking right on the door. Because we were the team nobody wanted to play. But we were so damn tough. But we'd knock your head off. We were really physical. Of course, you know, we had Alan Fanica. He's in the Hall of Fame. You know, the Brickershaw yeah. Ferguson, Nick Mangold. You know, we had that group of all, you know, Darrell Rebus, Kamari. I had an all-star team. We were good. We were fun. And all of a sudden, you know, now, now we get rid of Alan Fanica and we're, Mike's going to bring in Plexico Burst. Thanks a lot. <laughs> and that's what I, now, I made it very clear. I made it very, yeah. very clear to Woody Johnson. I, I said, look, I, I, I'm so disappointed that I'm, I'm going to retire. I said, because I'm either going to end up in Florida or Rikers. I'm going to one of those two. <laughs> and I said, and I think I'd like to go home to Florida. So yeah. thank you. I loved and I respected Woody Johnson as much as any person I've ever been associated with. I deeply, deeply uh, am grateful for my time in New York. And to see New York where they are now, I every word you said, I totally agree with Jeff. Totally. Yeah. Ugly can of worms there. Uh, Mike Westoff, always a pleasure. Yeah, the book, it sounds like Belichick, uh, you know, could be the role model for it because he figured it out. And uh, we wish you all the success in the world with that. It's going to be fascinating. And uh, we hope to get you uh, over here to sign a copy of it. Exactly. As I uh, can't wait uh, in anticipation of yeah. this thing coming out. I know you've been working on it very hard for a long time. Thanks so much, Mike. Always no. a pleasure uh, having you here on After Hours or anywhere uh, with our uh, many uh, media ventures that are going on right now. Uh, good luck with it, guys. Good luck with it. You deserve it. You've always done it. I think a heck of a job, and I, I love it. Anytime, I'll be happy to. All right, Coach. Good luck with the book. Thanks. We'll You're a great man. It. Thanks, Mike Westoff, uh, ladies and gentlemen. Always opinionated and uh, fascinating uh, gentleman, Mike Westoff. Uh, with what? Twelve years with the Jets. I want to say it was like fifteen. Yes, it was a little longer with Dolphins. the Dolphins. A little longer with the thirty some odd years, and he comes back after retiring for a while. Uh, Mike, always uh, a very interesting gentleman, uh, battled a serious form of cancer yeah, for a, a long period dude. of time. And uh, he, he is indestructible. He, yep. he is the coaching version of Ben Roethlisberger. Yep. And a great, great job and a great guy. And I would imagine the book's going to be fascinating. Uh, interesting all the way around uh, in the NFL yesterday. We'll talk some more about it on tomorrow's edition of uh, After Hours uh, with Defoe and Luby. Our uh, special thanks to Mike Westoff for joining us here on the uh, Monday edition of the program. Thank you so much for tuning in and uh, helping the show uh, gain in popularity uh, with each passing day. For Mike Luby Lubitz, I'm Jeff DeForest. Thanks for listening to After Hours here on the Believe Podcast Networks, where, as we say, as we sign off, you got to believe. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.